You got to take risk. Scared money don't make money. I always encourage up and coming producers to pair themselves with an artist. If this person want to work with this person and they got the resources to put it together and I got the connection to do it together, I'm going to make that phone call. Welcome to another episode of the Producer Grind Podcast. Carrington L with me. Yo. Yo, what's good, man? This guest with over 110,000 monthly Spotify listeners, he's literally been the face of lo-fi on Spotify, nearly 18,000 followers on IG, and millions of streams on Spotify and SoundCloud. Please welcome to the show, Stolen Drums. Appreciate it, appreciate it. What's good, fam? How you feeling, bro? That was a serious intro. <laughs> I appreciate that. Appreciate it, bro. Sure, man. You deserve it, bro. I need a copy of that. <laughs> start playing that shit on the front of my sets. <laughs> right. Yeah, KO got The you. intro to the album, right? <laughs> intro to the new album. Yeah, that's crazy. So, um... Well, I guess we started off just by, I don't know, I guess introducing yourself because we know a little bit about you, but not everyone may be familiar with the whole lo-fi movement okay. and how you've been like ahead of all that. So if you want to give them a quick little yeah, yeah. rundown. Um, what's happening? I'm Stolen Drums. Uh, drums for short. The homies call me drums. Uh, I make beats in a tool shed in my backyard and I put them on the internet. And people like them. And yeah, that's pretty much. Nah, that's not. <laughs> that's about it, man. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. Right. Um, but, you know, I lucked up and kind of found myself in a space where, you know, there's been a lot of interest around what I do um, culturally as well as individually. Um, but, yeah, they call it lo-fi. I, I just make beats. I don't really quantify like a sound or I don't have a genre. I just make what I make and it is what it is. But they call it lo-fi and lo-fi is popping right now. So thank you. So what is lo-fi? Uh, lo-fi is that's a great question right. that nobody can answer. So basically, Lo-Fi is the brand name that they stuck on beat culture, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you have, this culture's been around forever, right? You got people from like 2004, three, two, you know what I'm saying? That's been making beats and whatnot um, and releasing instrumental mixtapes. So you got like, you know, Dilla obviously mm -hmm. probably like the one that comes to the forefront because he probably had the biggest beat tape of all time and stuff. Mm -hmm. But even before that, Mad Lib have tapes and... You know, cats from 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 LA had tapes. DB and them was out there like 03, 04. Uh, Low end theory, I think, started around that time frame. So like, you got, you know, literally over a decade of B culture before people just said that's lo-fi. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's just kind of a a coin term at the moment. It's a popular term I think people use for the music. So mm. sonically, like, what would you consider? What makes something lo-fi and what consider is like this isn't lo-fi? You, you can't do that. See, this is that's the thing, right? That gets me because you got hits like eloquent that they call lo-fi, but his mix is clean as I don't know what. Same thing mm. with like Knife Wonder mm. and other hits. Mm. And then you got people like you know in foreign countries and Europe that just make random stuff right. on SPs and put that out. So it's like all encompassing. It's just like a big thing. Uh, and then there's subgenres, but we're within not get into within that. Track, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I mean, within a uh, lo-fi. Yeah, yeah. There's like lo-fi house. Yeah. What? Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably hard. It's easy. Low key. So like lo-fi yeah, house is like, it's interesting because it's, 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 to me it's lounge music, right? So like certain, you know, venues, they might be a hip hop venue, but yo, we're going to go lounge tonight and we're going right. to go house tonight and we're going to have different drinks and we're going to do a different vibe or a different atmosphere. Mm. Now I know some of our research, because when I think lo-fi, right, the first thing that comes to mind is, is an evolution of boom bap. So I'm going to think Dilla. But okay. we had done a little research and we talked about how um, anime had uh, kind of influenced the movement. Can you talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, anime has been a huge, like, um, I guess, influence creatively. But, you know, there's a bunch of parallels, I think, between beat culture and anime culture. So there's, like, these geeky dudes that just hang out in the house all day and watch anime. <laughs> and there's these geeky dudes that just hang out in the house all day and, and make beats. It's kind of the same thing. They, they are the same people. But there's um there's that. There's, um you know, 
the social kind of thing happening with both. Like you have a counterculture that is anime, right? There's this otaku culture, just say the geeky dudes or whatever, but we have that also. And, and, and like this kind of revolution of beats or whatever you want to call it. So there's a counterculture to the main thing. Mm-hmm. So like anime to movies and then, you know, beat culture to hip hop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There, there's parallels there. And I think like, I think that's a big driver. Um, plus like New Jobbies was dope and he did a bunch of stuff for Samurai Shampoo or whatever. And mm-hmm. that, that kind of went crazy. So yeah, that. So how did you, you know, get your, your Spotify, like, you know, get your numbers up? Like, what was the process like behind that? Yeah, that's a good question, bro. Um, I uploaded a new song every day for like six months almost. Mm. Oh. A couple months. I don't want to say six months because I, I, I'm doing a math. That's like 180 records. I don't think I did that. It was probably like 100 and some change. But every day I would just put a new one up. How long like, are they usually? Like a minute to two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was cool because like, so there's a backstory, right? Um, I I got this good ass job. I worked for Google. I was an engineer working on the Google Fiber project when it was here. I worked with this company called Bechtel. It's like the biggest engineering firm in the world. They paid me a bunch of money. Like low key finesse my way into the job, but it was awesome. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Um, but it was the most money I ever got paid stateside. And you know, right when I bought my house, I bought my car, and my in laws was like, "Let's move in, and you can support the whole family." I got laid off. Mm. Oh. I was like, okay, all right, yeah, we gotta figure that shit out. Right, so, what time was this? What year? This was um a year and a half ago, roughly. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. So I just got all this debt, bro. Like you know, three hundred thousand dollars damn near debt, and then mm-hmm. I get laid off from this job, and I'm like, shit. All right, I finesse my way into this job. I'm not quite sure if I can go get another one, mm. right? Then I'm like, I don't know if I want to go get another one. Mm. You feel me? So because this is like a string of these things. Like I was, I was in the Air Force. I got out. I did military contracts for a while. And I probably worked for like 10 different headhunters. All that Halliburton conspiracy theory shit. I worked for all them companies. Word. But, um, you know, I got tired of getting laid off. I don't want to get laid off no more, man. It just sucks, bro. Like, I'm, I'm done. So I was like, I make records. I put them online. I make a little bit of money on my band camp. And I make some money doing <laughs> shows. I'm going to try this out. And um, about a week after that, I like check my my distro kid. I had never looked at my bank in my distro kid joint. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that button was there. My homie was like, yo, you got like 300,000 monthlies right now. You should go look. So I look and I push that little bank button. I said, man, what's this? What that shit? And I had bands in there. <laughs> That's a good little surprise. I was like, oh, I'll say less. I'm putting up this every day. Like, <laughs> so that's what that was the driver, man. That's kind of how I got into it. I just started making records every day. And yeah. So you were just putting them out? You weren't like pitching them to playlists? None you weren't that. promoting? How, how did they get? Just every day, because every day. So how did like people even find it? It's a great question. Did, but they did. So this is the question. <laughs> this is where I think the genre matters, right? Mm-hmm. I think people, when it comes to popular music, they care more about who and what it is and they do in lo-fi. And not to say that your lo-fi is not dope, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe, just maybe, the dopest shit has a better chance on the lo-fi side than it does in any other genre. I don't know. Mm, I see what you're saying. So you know people care more about the quality of records yeah. on the lo-fi yeah, side? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Another thing that was happening, like, and, you know, I'm probably underplaying it a little bit, but I had this this little online radio show I've been doing um, called Beats and Chill on Facebook. Right when Facebook Live came out, I started doing a show. And I did it for about a year while I was working that job. Oh, and um, at that time, it was getting really good traction. But the same thing, I just kept showing up every twice a week, every week, 
Um, and I noticed like 10,000 views, 15,000 views, 150,000 impressions, 200,000 impressions. It was pretty consistent like that. This was on what platform? Uh, Facebook Live. When oh, Facebook first, remember Live. when it first came out, it was booming. Like if you went live on Facebook. <clears throat> Everyone could see. Yeah, yeah. So I did that for a while. And, you know, in tandem, I was doing these records. So I'm thinking maybe that was a bit of a driver. And then I, it's been like a collection of really good ass people that just looked out. So like Boss over there at Chill Hop was like, hey, I like what you're doing, bro. I couldn't do a show for Chill Hop. And I did one for them. Like an internet show? Or yeah, like yeah, a like, live show? Like my exact same show, just for Chill Hop. Oh, okay, cool. So I did it on their channel. <laughs> and um, they put it on their YouTube page. And it was like, oh, okay, cool. That's like a lot of views on that page. People started notoriety. And I think, honestly, they're probably the reason why my Spotify numbers were so high at first. Mm. I just didn't, I didn't even know it happened. Yeah. I didn't even have Spotify, bro. Like, I just uploaded it. <laughs> like, Wait, what? Yeah, I didn't even... Because I remember, like, last November yeah. when Taco... What was it? Tacos? Taco Maro? Or are you talking about Veggie Tacos? Veggie, veggie Tacos, tacos yeah, came yeah. out, like... I knew... So I had just found out who you were. Like, yeah, I was yeah. finding out about Controller Wise, Mikey Stallone, Mike Sick, everybody. Right, and right. I'd look up, and I was like, this has got to be because I'm in the market. But yeah. I click on the Lo-Fi shit, and your face is on oh, the... Yeah, yeah. You were literally the face of Lo-Fi on Spotify. Yeah, for like, a how, when, how'd that happen? Email, just random. Hey, bro. Heard your new tape. It's pretty cool. Wanna put your face on the playlist? And I was like, hell yeah, I wanna put my face Who on the playlist. Who took the picture? Uh, How does that happen? My homie Steve took it. And then you just send it over to him? Yeah, I sent it to him. Oh, okay. And then that was that, man. Yeah, yeah. So there was no pitching the playlist, nothing. None of that. How did you that. how did you uh you said you knew the chill hot people before? Yeah, yeah. They were on Facebook. So this is the beautiful thing about Facebook Live, is you don't see context of who somebody is. You don't mm -hmm. see, I don't see your producer name, I don't know what you do for a living. We have no other connection. I have no other like information about who you are other than your first and last government name, bro. Mm. So when you're on my stream, I'm like, John, what up? I'm talking to John. It's Chris and John talking, nobody else. So I think that personal connection was like a driver. Because what I noticed is like when people would come to Atlanta, they would be like, oh, Stolen Drums, what's good, bro? And I'd be like, oh, what's good? Like, you're you. You're a Mono Mari's <laughs> manager, cuz like, whoa. You run like half of Vibe Music Collective. That's crazy. Yeah, I've been watching your shit. I'm Darren whatever. I'm like, I know you, cuz. Like, we talk all the time. And it was like a lot of that. Like, I met um, even DiBiase. Like, bro, I'm a fan of DiBiase. Yeah, his like, my top hard. producers is like Dilla, Mad Lib, Knotts, DiBiase. Like, mm. for real. Like, so when this dude ran up on me, talking about some, oh shit, it's stolen drums. I was like, you're deep. You're like, you're the guy, cuz. Like, you're top five <laughs> in my list, bro. Like, what? And he was like, yeah, I've been watching the joint. I'm Donnell. I'm like, cuz. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that had a lot to do with Reminds it. Reminds me of like some Xbox friends. Like, bro, when you're friends with someone on Xbox, you finally know. meet them in person. That's how I feel when I met, when I met Stolen Drums because I had like seen you performing. Like, I was a, I was really a fan. That's what's and up. So I'm looking like, yo, oh, he's just a cool ass dude. Just wants to chop it up. He likes dope shit too. Like, mm -hmm. oh, this is dope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's the same. And I think that's a big thing for like people in general, like mm. for products. And I, I say this all the time, like people don't buy things. They don't buy stories. They don't buy quality. They buy themselves. So it's like, if I can see myself inside of whatever it is that you're selling me, if I can relate to it, mm -hmm. then I want a part of it. I want to support it. Same mm -hmm. thing like this computer, like Apple. People buy Apple because Apple's cool. Apple's like an individual. Apple's counter- Office. Shout out to Got Edward it. Bernays. Yeah, mm. but that's why people buy this. People don't buy it because the operating system's cracked. People don't buy it because like the hardware is dope. They buy it because it's it represents them. The lifestyle. And, and they're yeah. even 
the way you put that it just made it connect. So like they don't buy products, they buy themselves. My yeah. my favorite songs are songs where I see my story. Right. Songs. Straight up. Hey. Right. Straight up. <clears throat> so man, this is this is wild. This is a dope interview, man. And I'm excited that you're here. So one thing I want to ask you about, because we had on our list to ask you about Chill Hop on YouTube. Right. Right. So Chill Hop, their their deal is expansive across platforms. And Chill Hop is death row. Their most known thing is kind of like their what's it, 24 hour live? Or yeah, are you on their 24 hour live please? from time to time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm in a rotation. So, can time. you tell us about that a little bit? Because that's, I mean, I'm just not gonna lie, I just found out about this thing even like six weeks ago, right, so, so it's kind of new to me. I'm, and I'm, I'm a lot of this information is gonna be wrong because I'm guessing, but <laughs> Chill Hop has been around, I want to say, for the better part of a decade, maybe oh, seven oh, wow. years, eight years, or something like that. Um, one dude owns it. One dude started it. Mm. Like one guy, this dude boss in uh, Amsterdam. Freaking genius. Um, but yeah, so he started it. He was on like, I want to say like, what's the internet joint that everybody uses? Uh, Reddit. He was on Reddit oh, okay. mm-hmm. for a long time doing that. He built up his YouTube playlist. and But like the YouTube thing is a part. But he has crazy sync deals with everybody for everything. That's why you always hear those beats behind like, Will Smith videos and whoever mm-hmm. else videos because he's, you know, um, he has a bunch of radio station deals with like stores and venues and locations and hospitals. And he's, dang, he's, he's not playing around, bro. He's, yeah, he's not, he's not messing around. And, and, and so, one thing that hip does too, so, you know, I think everybody in the office, in addition to being, you know, I'm just going to say it. Sometimes producer ground is known as like those trap guys, right? Okay. But we do so much more. And yeah. we, we love EDM. We love trap. We love lo-fi. And we've been fans of lo-fi, right? right, right. But um, we had interviewed the homie Kato, and he was talking about some of his lo-fi work. Okay. And he had talked about kind of like, yo, it's easy to get on those play. It's easier to get on those playlists than it is to sometimes to get on rap caviar. Yeah. And so sure. almost some yeah. people approaching like, yo, if you're able to do lo-fi, maybe that's a better strategy for you than doing trap. And I don't say that not to take away from y'all's movement, but yeah. hey, if I can make a trap beat and I can make a lo-fi beat, which one is going to take me further? I don't know. What's you the know better what investment? I, basically? I don't yeah. think, I don't, I think that's a, it's a challenging way to look at the world, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Because like, then you become like, you know, what's in it for me almost? Like, you know, how can, how can I most take advantage of everything? And that's like, that's hard. I don't, I can't subscribe to that. Because you're, well, you're in a position where you lift your mic up a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm more a fan of like, you know, I believe in in in, in how you say. Um, I think there's enough for everybody. I'm not a scarcity guy. Yeah. Um, I'm an abundance guy. So I feel like. And shout out to S1 because he, him and uh, Slick were just posting about that. Where having a scarcity mindset and abundance mindset. Right. Yeah. 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 There's enough for everybody. You can make polka, trap, lo-fi flips. <laughs> and I promise you, don't, don't, there's don't gonna be, be a thousand people in the world that go, "Hey, bro, that shit's cracked. I need that." <laughs> I promise you, yeah. And you'll be okay. I think, and like, I think people's best bet is just to do them the fullest. If you like trap, make trap. If you like hip hop, make hip hop. If you want to make lo-fi, make lo-fi. Whatever it is that you like, just do that. Mm. Don't don't. Yeah, don't be don't, true to yourself. Yeah, just do you. Don't try and figure out like the best play. Don't do that. Just make dope stuff. It's like trying to find a path rather than just walking on the path. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Like if you get kicking it with a girl that you really fool with, but she don't got ass. <laughs> You're like, man, I can't wipe her guts. Like, are you crazy? Bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's that, bro. Like, Makes sense. yeah, like love yours, cuz. Shout out to J. Cole. <laughs> do you make any other like other beats like that? 
aren't considered lo-fi? Like, do you make any trap music, Indian okay. music? I or? suck at all of that shit, bro. I didn't try it. Horrible. Well, what's catch you? Like, <laughs> hold on. I, well, I'm gonna disagree. Here's why I disagree because I've seen your sets. Yeah, you just make fucking music. I appreciate that. <laughs> I've intentionally tried to make trap music on more than one occasion, and like, it just comes out wrong. It was bad. So you think it's like the intention of going to make trap music, like sitting down, like I'm gonna make a trap beat. That goes wrong, or is it like I'm just gonna make something? If it comes out trap, it works. Like I think if you can do that, I think that's doable. Like you can make something. Is that something that you do? Like yeah, if I fall into something, that's Mm -hmm. cool. Like every once in a while, I'm like, oh, this is like electronic, or this is Mm -hmm. more like you know. Uh, the shit everybody be on footwork, you know, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. That, house music, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like so the end, like and this is I give you some yeah. context for this whole trap thing. My homie called me from the studio. Hey, what's good? I'm like, what's good, bro? I'm in the lab. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I got Common in here. <laughs> like, okay, he wants something kind of trap, you know, <laughs> soulful though. Whoop whoop whoop, blah blah. It might not have been Common or whoever, but it was a name. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, I'm on it. It was. It, was it just didn't come out right. I hit it back like right. an hour later, like, "Hey, bro, probably not the guy." <laughs> you didn't have nothing in the vault. Nah, not for that, man. Because mm-hmm. it was like I wanted something. He wanted something trap. Like, you but know what does a common trap beat sound like? I'm not. But it also, to me, that opens up that opens up the conversation for the definition of trap, right? Because I was telling y'all, right? Because um, I think I know you were working on a lo-fi album at some point. You, you asparagus, right? Yeah, we're going to check it out on Spotify right now. Go yeah. ahead, type yeah. your little man. Yeah, yeah, little 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 yeah, yeah. It ain't mine, man. It's Lo-Fi Organic. That ain't yeah. me. That ain't me. Oh, yeah. I'll, yeah, we don't know who that is. Oh, okay. Lo-Fi Organic is something we cool. Oh, okay, cool. It's a, yeah, mystery, yeah. It's a mystery dude. Okay, cool. That's cool. the homie. Um, I myself was working on a Lo-Fi Mike. album, and one thing I was sharing Mike with the Cooper. fellas was um, I, I still like trap music. That's so what I realized was my album came out was a trap soul. It was it was lo-fi in sound design. Yeah, yeah. But in patterns and rhythms, it came out as trap, right? That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. do you look at lo-fi as the sound design or do you look at it as how you put the song together genre-wise? I don't even call what I make lo-fi. I just make beats. Okay. <laughs> That's cool, man. But, um, yeah, I, I just make beats, bro. I don't really, I don't too much think about it. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So consider, oh, go, ahead, go ahead, bro. I was going to ask you, this is a question we had talked about. Um, would you consider yourself a producer or do you consider someone that just make beats? Or it's not just make beats because that's kind of putting the, like down yeah, yeah. talking it. Or but like, what do you, where do you see the difference? Or Man, this is a challenging question. Like, because I, I hear people, they get in their feelings or whatever about it. <laughs> yeah. But to me, that don't make sense. Like, if you make <laughs> records and people like them, that's cool. Like, I, can you produce a record? Like, all right, so what does that mean? Can you vocal coach? Like, am I going to tell you when you're off key and you're singing? Am I, do I know when you're flat? Mm. Yeah, I can hear it. But that is, I, I don't, it's a weird label, I think. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. um, I guess I'm a bit of both. Because sometimes I just sit down and make a bunch of beats. And then sometimes I'll actually curate some stuff. Like, oh, okay, you know, I think I need to tweak this, tune this, put this over here. I need to leave room for this vocal. Somebody wants to rap on something. Maybe they'll come out of the house and we're working on it. And I'm like, ah, change the arrangement, bro, because mm-hmm. we wanted to go like this instead of doing that. You know what I mean? That was another question we had is like, do you have people rap over these type of beats? Sometimes it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People want to, like recently, mm-hmm. um, I've been getting a lot of like calls like, um, but just recently, like I've been getting calls from like Def Jams and mm-hmm. Aftermaths and random little boutique labels and stuff like that. And what kind of artists are the type of people that are coming rap over a lo-fi, quote um, lo-fi beat? I mean, anybody, I think I do flips with everything, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think it all works. I done did flips for like rock. Like I take rock acapellas and throw it over a record. Mm-hmm. It works. If it works, it works. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the most weird thing I think. 
that I've done. Um, would you say the polka lo-fi? That would be crazy. Yeah, that would but be hard. I'm sure somebody could do it, though. Yeah. Like, you definitely catch me listening to it. BB sent me, like, hella 8-bit video game beats. They're cracked. All of them. Like, mm-hmm. they're cracked. So I'm like, anything works, man. You can just do whatever you want. Mm. So before I get to the next question, here's one thing I do want to ask you about. And I was telling you when we walked in here. His skill set, what he does, I teach that in my class, right? Mm-hmm. It's what what I, what I would label as what we call oral skills. A U R A L. I know okay. a lot of people don't know that, and it's you, you say A U R A L. Yeah. Oh, okay. Don't okay. get it confused with the. But to me, it's the same thing as the guy that can pick up the guitar and play along mm-hmm. with the song. That's the same thing you do, right? You could take a, any sample almost mm-hmm. and mix that shit together. Um, how did you develop that skill set? Well, I've been making beats since like 2001. Right. Damn. Yeah. My first, I think my first machine was an MPC 60. I had like a 60 and an ASR 10. Mm. But, hey. So the, like the, the rack mount joint? What's one? The 60? The 60, 60 was like was the like console. Half the size of this desk. Oh, the ASR yeah. was like the keyboard. The ASR was oh. the keyboard. Okay. Yeah. I had yeah. like the, I want to say I had the, the 61. Yeah, I had the 60. See, now I'm picturing this dude's basement just filled with discs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd have probably, like, to keep it G, I done lost probably $15,000, $20,000 in gear and probably two, 3,000 beats. Dang. Dang. What happened? Fire? Life. Oh, okay. I had a wife and two kids. I, I didn't right. have kids since I was like 19. So I've been raising a family since then. So I done made some hard decisions, B. All right. Yeah. Want right. to pay this rent? Yeah. Right. Pay yeah. this rent, B? You want them kids to be fed? Damn. All right, NPC. So long. So that brings me to the next part, which we were talking about before here. You and I, um, a little bit elder of the statesman, right? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I've been making beats. I think I started in 07, right? Mm-hmm. 10, 11 years ago, everybody wanted to be Dilla. Everybody right. wanted to be knife wanted. I remember that era. Right? right, right. And then Trap took over, right? Yeah, yeah. What kept you from going Trap? I can't make that shit. <laughs> 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 nah, but like, so it never went away from me, man. Yeah. Like, I, you know, being from where I'm from or whatever, like. Where you from? Detroit. Hey, so, see, see, he said that right before we went on. I said, oh, now it all man, makes sense. Shouts yeah, out to Chris Wells, too, the homie. Yeah, but like that, um, you know, I, I'm i I'm never going to leave. That's just never going to go anywhere, bro. Like, that's kind of like the sound I, I came up on. Plus, they say, like, when you're, like, from, like, 14 to 21, uh, your brain, like, you're developing. So, like, your interest and things that you like and things that, that kind of define you are the things that happen in that time frame. Mm. So, in that time frame, for me... Slum Village mm-hmm. and Tribe and mm-hmm. like Mob Deep and all of that stuff. So like that's what's in here. Like that's that's what comes out. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Yeah. Can you do you still find can you connect to Trap? Like Yeah, yeah. yeah I like that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like a lot of it. I, I do Trap Flips all the time. Mm-hmm. Who's some of your favorite or like modern rappers? It's <sighs> a great question. Mick Jenkins is dope. Mm-hmm. Um like I like Chance, he's dope. I like, you know, my homies, uh Made in Tokyo. Um He's dope. 24 hours. You got relationships um, with these guys? Yeah, like, that's crazy. In, in former life, I was a, a uh, what they call, a creative consultant. Hold on, you don't think he slept on that couch, do you? <laughs> the, 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 that the couch exa- was in my house, cuz. No! Yeah, straight up. You know which couch we're talking about? Yeah, but Chris, that's my guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 straight up. 
All right, so all right, we're gonna we're gonna get into it, bro. Which right. way, character? Were you on no, the show? No, okay, I'm out so the loop. I'm out the loop. Exotic music. Um, when he was in here, remember his dad, Little Chris, they, Little Chris, yeah, Big Chris, he was in there. Michael. yeah, because TK yeah. Kravitz is his brother, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, so they're yeah. telling a story about when they were starting out. They had this couch in their house where like all these guys who are huge now, and not just producers, actors, artists, yeah, slept slept on this couch, right? So did they? Did anybody say anything about a dude named Ox? No, probably not. Him, it's yeah. okay. No, they did. Oh, you I heard it. I'm, I'm trying okay. to remember. Okay. If you heard your name, that's dope. Appreciate <laughs> you guys. I'm thinking you probably didn't because I was just a camera guy. But if you did, that's kind of stupid. But yeah, in a former life, I was a camera dude. Um, I did like graphic design, photo, video, and then like I put together campaigns. I worked for like CTE for a bit, mm. TK and Cash, uh, like the whole private club. Mm. Um, shit, who else? Estelle, Mario, uh, wow. Neo. Um, Bunch of folks, man. Like, video, you talking videography? Wise. Video, photos. Oh, you just why you were engineering? What's that? You just why you? No, this before. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. So like, I got pissed off before when I got out the military and worked all them headhunting jobs. I had worked in Japan for a stretch. I lived over there for like three years. Beautiful. I was rapping in. I got a video game like record deal. I rapped on video game soundtracks oh, and shit. Man. Yeah. And then I, I moved back to the states. Nobody knew who I was. Nobody cared. I was giving demos to his. Like, hey man, check me out, bro. I make my own beats and I rap and shit. And they like. Everybody do that. Mm. I'm like, I got this little deal. Everybody got those. <laughs> Why are you special? And I'm like, damn, that hurt. Right? So right. I was like, all right, I guess I'm not going to do this music shit. I had a camera. So I started doing photo and video. I actually started in Japan. And then like I shot a video for my guy. And he's like, oh, that's crazy, bro. Here go $500. And I was like, oh, I'm shooting videos. <laughs> Say less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast forward like five years. I was in um, like Atlanta Film Festival, A3C, running around with all the other video dudes, you know? Um, but yeah, that was a, a long stretch. I went on the road, and when I came back from the road, I went on the road with Jeezy and them. And when I came back from the road, my prices was, I was like, yeah, hey, I need 1500 a day if you're going to work with me. And then my circle was like, you've been gone for six months, running around doing whatever, traveling the world. That's cool. Kudos, B. But I got this little college kid that'll shoot my video for $150 and some weed. And you want 1500 bucks. Mm. I'm, I'm going to go that route. Mm. So once all my work is, had dried up or whatever you want to call it, I, I was depressed. I was like, damn, I got a couple bucks in the bank, but I'm really just sitting in my house on this couch that Big Chris gave me <laughs> <laughs> with nothing to do. And then I got the job at Google and, mm. you know, fast forward, yeah, the rest is history. Hey, yeah. So it seems, it seems like you've been on just kind of a crazy journey, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. taking different directions. Like how does, what would you say to someone that's producing right now who, well, I'll say someone like myself, like I, I consider myself, I make beats. Like I just make beats just because I like to make beats. But for you, it's turned into almost like a career. It's turned into a career. How did you stay patient um, during those whole years and just kind of ride that journey? I didn't. I was pissed off. Like, I'm so glad he said that. He's like, no, nah, I, I was mad the whole time. <laughs> it's okay to be pissed off. Yeah. Like, no, nah, I was frustrated I the whole time. I had roaches in my apartment because I was mad, bro. Right. I lived here. I had, um, I, I, when I moved to Atlanta, I stayed in a um, extended state for like mm. six months. I had no money. I was technically homeless with my whole family in this little ass extended state, mm. shooting music videos on unemployment. So I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. Mm. I got celebrities that still owe me money right now that you know and love. So anyway, that didn't work out. Right. <laughs> then I started doing the music shit. And like, honestly, I'm just getting to a place where I'm like, okay, this is cool. I got enough money to pay all my bills. I can pay my mortgage and all this other stuff. I'm just getting there now. Bro, mm -hmm. shouts out to your wife for holding you down. Straight up. Straight up. I don't know, like, bro, like, we've been close a couple times. I don't know how she did that shit, but she did it. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Straight Damn, up. Damn, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Wow. Hey. So, 
Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you said you're just starting to get to that point where it's like, yeah, this is me. It's my career type shit. Yeah, yeah, I just, like, financially, fiscally. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in a place now where I'm like, okay, I can make more money than I did at that great job that I had. Mm-hmm. Not consistently, but, like, this week, oh, I crushed that job. I might have a couple weeks where I close, not quite there. And then I might have a day where I do what I used to do in two weeks. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just depends on what the situation is. Or I might close a deal and like, wow, here go a bunch of bread. Oh, I'm up. I'm up. I, I got a whole month of money right now. It just depends on what you're working on, which is important too. Like, and, and this is a thing, like, if, if you want to be a millionaire, this is a story I've heard somewhere. They say you have to have at least five different revenue streams um, to, to, to accomplish that feat. A million dollars of revenue on a regular basis. Mm. That's that's what they say. So you see on TV, oh, this dude's a basketball player. He signed a fifty million. That's like fifty dudes in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like the reality is, most of these people own several businesses. Even the ball players and the rappers and stuff, they own several businesses. So your best bet is to start setting up different revenue streams. Mm. And I'm I'm getting there now, where I got a couple, and it's it's pretty cool. What are some of those major ones that you've like the first thing you started investing in? Yeah. So the latest product. The biggest thing that I've ever done product-wise mm-hmm. um, has been a drum kit. Slappy drums. Gangster. Like, Talk right. about that, bro. Because yeah. we was... We, Dylan, we was talking about how the number of hits yeah, you Yeah, I keep have, seeing on my IG. You, I mean, it's a sponsor post, but it is. Yeah, it's yeah. not your average sponsor post. Well, yeah, like 200,000 views or something like that? Uh, something like that, yeah. yeah. I'm honest, I'll be honest. I don't I don't too much look at the sponsor. But I, I answer comments sometimes. I go in there and just like, I want to respond to everybody I can. But I don't too much like... I have no idea what the, the content numbers are on it. Because uh, I know they pay for it, so I, I really watch mine, like that on my page normally. But I don't, I don't pay too much attention to the sponsor stuff because I know it's like the sponsored. You know what I mean? I make sure the ratio makes sense, though. That's important. If you're doing any kind of sponsored content, make sure your R, your ROI makes sense. You don't want to spend twenty bucks to make ten bucks. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. You're gonna run out of money. You want to spend five bucks to make twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. That makes a ton of sense. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. how do you like? One thing we've talked about in the past is. Looking, creating sponsored posts, they're going to stand out and be effective, right? right? And, you know, Brandman Sean was talking about, he knows there's certain sponsored posts. He gets something out of them, but he can't get out of them what he gets out of an organic post, right? So mm-hmm. so when you do a sponsored post, what tells you this is what it should be? This is why I'm doing it. You know, what are you looking for? What's your thought process? So, I mean... This is, again, I'm, I'm probably not the greatest example for this stuff because I just do what I like. <laughs> yes, you are. Right, like, I legit just 100% just was like, oh, you know what would be funny, bruh? If I took Flappy Birds and made it Slappy Drums. It's the most dad joke geeky shit ever, bruh. But that's what I did, and that's it. And I was like, I'm going to make it 8-bit, and then it looked like the Slappy Bird. Yeah, I wonder if anybody would catch the joke. That was... I was the most excited to see if anybody would catch the reference <laughs> from Flappy Bird yeah. to my drum kit. And nobody, no, I don't think anybody ever said anything about it. Nah, nah nobody ever caught it. But um, yeah, that was, that was... That was pretty much it. That was it. And maybe like the virality of Flappy Birds kind of... I don't know. But <laughs> it worked. And I'm happy. Dang. Yeah. They just knew. I was like, yo, the reference to... Flappy birds. I'm, all right, I got them. I'm gonna buy this. I don't know. So you sell drum kits online. Um, how do you feel about selling beats online? If it works for you, man, it's cool. Um, whatever you're into, you know. Uh, I'll be honest. I try really hard to sell beats, and I'm a little impatient. I like. I know most of these pl- like these platforms take. Uh, I would say, two years to build right. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be on YouTube and you want that to work out, you got about two years of daily work ahead of you. 
Same thing with any other platform. So if you want to sell beats online, you got to build your infrastructure out. You got to work that system that you built for like two years before you really see the traction that you're after. So about a month in, I was like, it's a lot. It's just a lot of stuff that I got to keep up with this mailing list and this store and all these different things. And I was not me. It's not for my personality, personally. Mm. I can very much identify, because yeah. I tell y'all this all the time, I knew it was like, once I started doing that online B shit, I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to take a minute. Because the process and the framework is there, yeah, yeah. but it's like building a small business. It like, is. It, yeah. it is, man. Same thing with the online channels. Like, I made a little radio. I've failed at most of the stuff that producers can do online, and I happened to find my way into this one thing that I, I had an existing infrastructure for. But not by design, just kind of by happenstance. Now, looking backwards, hindsight is 2020, I can say, hey, here's what I did. So y'all can skip all this bullshit and just right. do this and mm-hmm. be straight. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the what can someone learn from your failure at the time? I would say, try and take a macro view. Like, mm-hmm. don't look micro, because we, we all sit inside of a box. Step away or find somebody else to step in and say, like, what does this data tell you? Pull all your data down and pay, like, track everything that you can, you know what I'm saying? Like, track and automate everything. This, I learned that at the engineering firm. Like, track and automate as much as you possibly can. Like, B-store traffic, Instagram traffic. Everything. Okay. IG traffic, Facebook traffic, ad traffic. When you put together your mailing list, that traffic. When you got, like, playlists, look at where they're coming from. Look at everything. Find somebody either, like, yourself that can come in from an eagle's eye view or, like, pull in somebody from the outside and say, what does this tell you? What do what is what are they saying? Like, what mm-hmm. do they want? You know what I'm saying? Look at your comments. Look at everything. What do they want? Mm-hmm. Did you, you ever just straight like up that. ask your audience, like, yo, what Hell do you yeah, want? Why, what do you, what do you, why do you like me? What do yeah, you want? Yeah. Or what do they say? It depends. It's yeah. like always very, like, I didn't hit people like, hey, bro, what's your number? I'm going to call you. And they'd be like, all right, boom, I'll hop on the line. Hey, man, what do you want me to do? Like, what do you want more of? I've been watching the show, man. You should do that more. Okay, cool. I'll do that more. Uh, what do you want more of? Uh, you know, it would be cool if you could give me, this was the last request that somebody told me. I thought this was really cool. If you can give me an Ableton template for your mixes, because I like the way your mixes sound. Mm. I'm like, all right, bet. I'm going to figure that out. That's mm. kind of like the next product I'm working on. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, man. That what about an even want. more macro view? So like, how would you take data or data? Like, because I like the concept that you said, how someone come in and tell you, hey, what does this mean? So how would you apply that in something that maybe tracking data, data is not that easy? Like maybe your photography, like you can't really, I mean, I understand how you track data or I don't know, I guess I'm just trying to get, how do I apply that mentality to something outside of just producing or outside of photography? Oh, it's trends, man. Like, you can see trends everywhere. So, like, say, if I make clothes mm-hmm. and, and, and I got 20 different designs, I put them on IG, and I put little, you know, lookbook videos on, like, Facebook, and they're in my store, and I'm looking at the data, and the data says, this shirt got 50 comments, 2,000 views, and 27 link clicks back to my store. Once people got to my store, they added this shirt to cart and didn't buy anything else on my site. Mm. This other shirt, 150 views, two comments, no clicks back to my store. I can probably not make that shirt anymore. 80-20 rule says I probably should focus on this guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just, you know, that's the thing. It's gonna tell you what you need to do every time. There's a lot of trial and error at first. For sure, yeah, yeah, you just gotta keep messing around and then look at the information. And and just iterate, man. Just keep going. Like I'm on like collective number three and like show number like three hundred or something. Like you you, y'all do shows. y'all do didn't y'all do a show in Cali? Mm-hmm. 
yeah, yeah. couple out there. Where, so t- talk about the show part. Like, where yeah. do y'all go? What do y'all do? So yeah, a little over about a year and eight months ago or something like that. Maybe almost two. Yeah, like a year and a half. Uh, we started a collective. Me and my homies uh, called Controllerize in Atlanta. And basically, this this dude hit me on IG and was like, "Hey, I'm I want to do this beat show. It'd be dope to have you come out and hang out and and, and play some records." And I was like, "I want to do a beat show." Why don't we just make it together? First, it's like you trying to do the whole lift for me, trying to do the whole lift. I've mm-hmm. been doing this beats and chill shit. It looks like it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Love to do it multiplayer in real life. He was like, all right. And um, met up at a coffee shop, came up with the name, made the website, did all the assets, made the flyer, sent the flyer out, got a couple printed, put a little bit of bread on Facebook ads, showed up to the first show, 150 people. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, let's do this next week. We tried it next week, 150 people. All right, bet we just gonna keep doing it. <laughs> like, it seems like y'all got an event damn near every night. Nah, I w- that would be cool. But I know at one point, like, so at one point it was like weekly. Then I looked up, it was like bi-weekly. Start or press start weeks. on Monday. Tacos on Tuesday. Like it was yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. we was going in for a while, yeah, man. man. And, uh, and talk about the homies real quick because I really fuck with the team and man, I'm really inspired. Yo, collective is all monsters. So um, Black Hughes, <laughs> straight up, it's me, Black Hughes, my homie Mike Sick. Mike Sick is like you know. Y'all know him. He's the president, like the yeah. mayor or some shit out here. Like he knows everybody. Um, me, like Mike Six, the host. He's the the mic guy. He's running around talking to people. Most people think he owns everything because he's the guy they talk to. He's, totally cool. he's good at talking, so it works perfect. You know what I mean? Um, me and Mike are kind of like the co-founders. So we're the two dudes who sat up in the coffee house for eight hours and made all this shit up. And um, as a team of three, we all work together, man. We're all partners. I, I consider us all like equal partners, man. We all kind of play different roles. Mike's like a good people person. Mm-hmm. So he'll pull in a bunch of individuals um, from people he knows direct. So if you're a producer and you know this guy, like he's like, oh, that's my guy. They hang out every every week at his house and all of that stuff. And then they all come to the show. Mike's Mike, you know, he's Mike. Everybody knows Mike. So he's good. Um, and then I'm the internet guy, um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm straight online. So I can finesse and help that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about your relationship with the homie Mikey Stallone? Yeah, Mike Stallone is my guy. He got dope ass beats. Yeah. It's like um, it's, it's Mike Six guy. Like he brought him in, but yeah, it's dope. Like, ass like I, I done peeped him a couple of times. He was the guy that I said, "Fuck this, man! I'm about to start back sampling." Because he just he just gets so ill with it. I, I'm not gonna lie. He's probably one of the guys inspired like my lo-fi, like the free shit. Because I'm like. I know I want, I don't want to, I'm scared to sell anything that has yeah, a sample yeah. in it, right? But I love sampling so much. He just don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? He's just going to make some dope shit. You yep. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, Mike Stallone is funny because he just like giggles his whole set. <laughs> if you watch him play, uh, I'm going to kill y'all with this. Like, he's just in the old space giggling. And meanwhile, the crowd's, ah, that shit's awesome. I love it. Like, when you yeah. go to a controller, like, you come to Atlanta, right? So a lot of motherfuckers come to Atlanta to get in the music industry, For right? Sure. Yeah. And so then you start to get around these events, and even though it's at a bar, they're serving drinks, you, you're working, right? right. And Control the Rise was the first time I was like, oh, shit, I ain't working, man. I'm chilling. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, you know, you get your barbecue, you get your little drink, and y'all just having fun, man. Y'all just vibing, man. That shit cool. Yeah, you got vegetarian options? Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere. Tonight, right. press start. Very important. You guys should pull up. So all your friends pull up. And eat a bunch of food and drink a bunch of drinks. It'd be awesome. But yeah, hella vegetarian. I ain't gonna lie, if I can find some gas before I get back, I'm pulling up. Bro, <laughs> it's a vibe, bro. I'm, I'm yeah. like, all right, we turned the stage into a living room. Like, there's mm. a couch, there's a Turkish rug, there's lava lamps, and Playboy magazines and shit. It's a living room, bro. Like, I do live on the couch the whole time. Like, it's 
I love that event, bro. That's what's up. Where y'all yeah. hold it at? Edgewood? Oh, uh, yeah. On uh, North Avenue, right across the street from Pond City. Oh, yeah. Market. You just told me. Yeah, By yeah, deep yeah. end. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But they sense. be all over the city. I know y'all be in East Point. Y'all be on Edgewood sometimes. Sometimes, be, yeah. We was on Edgewood for a long time. We um East Atlanta Village for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. We did pop-ups everywhere, South Side, wherever. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. 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 Well, so I, that brings us. Oh, you gotta. Yeah, I just had a real quick question. It really doesn't have anything to do with mu- <laughs> like music, but the I liked how you. I don't know. It just really caught my attention how you said have someone come from the outside and give a macro view. Yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, I do martial arts. Like I love jujitsu and stuff. I'm like, how sure. how would I apply that concept to that? To martial arts? Yeah, or just just in general, like something that isn't so far from data. Yeah. Yeah, like. Yeah, there's still data. There's trends. There's always information. Bro. But how, like, okay, so for me, if I was, gonna, if I'm going to come to you and be like, yo, right. look, I do jujitsu. I don't really know. I just love it. Yeah. yeah. How, tell me what I don't know. Like, what how, is your intent, though? Like, are you saying, like, I want to start a school or I want to take classes or I want to teach classes or am I good? Like what is what information are you looking for? I guess that's a good starting point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good starting point. And and then that you know like oh am I good? Then find somebody better. They'll let <laughs> you know if you're good. Or you know I want to start a school. Okay, cool. Do some stuff. Mm. Put some content out there. See what happens. Mm. What do people respond to? Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. It just okay. depends on the interest. Just, I don't know. Just call, like that whole the way you. Just, I don't know. No, that's it's really. It's yeah, really. Yeah, quick. I, I'm really shocked good. at the purity of everything. Right? Because you're actually out here making a living. And we've had people who come in and say, hey, I want to provide value. I don't want to make a living. You literally said, I want to provide value, and that's it. And you've been rewarded with being able to make a living. That, to me, is amazing. As well. I think that's how it works, bro. Yeah. Honestly. I think, like, everybody I subscribe to and I follow, they just do the shit they like. I can tell. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just doing what they want to do. And they're they're really excited about it. So then that makes me excited about it because right. I feel like I can see myself in them and shit. So... Yeah, that's one thing we were talking about. It's like it just really seemed like my bad. We're gonna get to no, that. You, no, you did. I was just cleaning my throat. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's one thing that really. Sometimes I clear my throat. Y'all niggas giving us a hint. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, yeah. you got that one factor. No, yeah. but um, dang, what was I getting ready to say? Good tell you, bro. <laughs> dang, L. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what we were talking about. Was, I was like. I was so fascinated looking through your Instagram because I was like, bro, he gives off the vibe, the vibe of I really don't like the nonchalant, just like laid back, uh, just feel. But when you look at his stuff, it's executed so perfectly. Like I was like, he's obviously heavily invested into it. And so when you said like everyone that you follow just really does what they want to do, I was like, I can, it's evident in what you, in like your posts and your content, everything. It's my life, bro. Like this is it. This This is me. It's like me. If there's somebody say, hey, man, no beats, I'll be like, okay, I'm a vegetable now. You, like, I don't mm, know what to do. You're the walking, talking definition of the subtle art of not giving a fuck. That's what's up. I appreciate that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah, that brings us to the that. overrated, underrated segment of the Music Brand Podcast. <laughs> With stolen drums. Word. We give you five topics. You okay. You respond if you think those are overrated or underrated. And if we feel it merits further discussion, we might ask you to explain. Cool. Overrated, underrated on the Producer Grind podcast with Stolen Drums. Overrated, underrated, trap music. That is heavy, bro. (laughs) Overrated, underrated, trap music. Underrated. Wow, yeah, I'm going to need some explanation for that one. Right, right. Trap is... All right, so trap is a really big, all-encompassing thing. But to me, trap is like how people from like eight to like 20 express happiness. 
Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't underrate that. Like, you can't, there's no, it's no possible way to overrate that. I mean, it's like, if you ever, like, you go to a show, like, go to a little Uzi concert or go to whoever people hate on the most, go to the concert and look at the crowd. Yeah. You don't see nobody in there like, oh, I'm gonna shoot this shit up. Everybody's really <laughs> happy. My homie moved in from um, Maryland and we was in the spot and they was playing 21 Savage and he was like, yo, I understand it should be this nigga just say 21 all the time. <laughs> I don't get why is he paid, bro? I'm, I, I can't stand this shit. And I was like, bro, look at everybody's face. Mm, right. It was grown ass men, 250 pound grown ass men with guns and all of that, jumping up and down, happy. Mosh pitting with 12-year-olds. Culture matters. Hella happy, bro. And I'm like, you, you can't overrate that. It's just beautiful. Well, they say, you know, those best songs, the one that your grandma can fuck with and then your little yeah. six-year-old cousin can My fuck with. My wife is a suburban soccer mom, bro. Like, I mean, she's from Baltimore and she's not quite us, but she's the closest thing in my daily life to a suburban soccer mom. Like, <clears throat> her lifestyle. We live in Duluth. We don't live in the city. Oh, y'all up by me. We got kids. Yeah, yeah. She she will turn some Cardi B on and turn up. And she's <laughs> cheeseburger smiling. And I'm like... <laughs> you said cheeseburger smiling. Yeah, yeah, but it don't... And then, like, I'm listening to the shit that I'm like, okay. Didn't they do a trap spoof video about two or three years ago about the soccer dads? Oh, I've seen, I've seen a couple of trap iterations where it's like, one, it's past jumping the shark. Yeah. But at a point now where it's like, I don't hear trap music and think hood shit. Right. Not anymore. Right. Whatever. In point. fact, to me, actually, now I tell these guys all the time, it took me a year to figure out what trap sounds like right now. Just because trap don't sound like it sounded two or three or four or 10 years ago. Right, right. I agree. What part of Duluth are y'all from? Uh, we live right off Buford Highway. You know what oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I'm, I'm right. a little apartment, like not apartments, but one of them little home neighborhoods, developments. When'd you okay. leave Detroit? Eight? Eight, nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, you came here? No, nah, I've been everywhere, bro. Okay. It's good. Lived in like, so your family was in the military, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, okay. I've been like 10 different countries, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I feel like you've from. you been to Germany. Yeah, I lived yeah. in Germany for a little bit. See? Germany, Turkey, uh, Germany, Turkey, Italy, Japan. Uh, where else we been, man? We've been everywhere. Yeah, a bunch of places. We were just talking about doing some international shit. <laughs> right? bro, you, remind me support, of my, bro. you remind me of my friend Lim Cobb so much. Like, yeah. it's crazy. He, his family, his dad's from Germany too. Like, yeah. yeah. People who have been all over the world Shout are the best people to be around because Shout you can get a little yeah. bit of something else. You know what I'm saying? You get, you bring a lot to the table that I can learn from. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what's up. Dope. Overrated, yeah. underrated on the Producer Grind podcast with Stolen Drums, VSTs. Underrated. Highly underrated. So in the re- so you know why we asked you that question though, right? No. You use a rolling, right? Yeah, yeah. You use the MPC two thousand, right? Yeah, for sure. That ain't normal. So it's just like once somebody has the hardware, they bring it up, bring it out on the hardware. You know how yeah, do you yeah. feel about BSC? So talk about that. LA two A costs two thousand dollars. Mm. It's one compressor. A distressor costs two thousand dollars. A Neve channel costs two thousand dollars. VST versions of all of those things I can get for the low low price. Fourteen ninety nine a month. Hold on, you, <laughs> hold on, you use that shit in instrumental production? I use that shit every day, bro. It, you used yeah. to have hardware versions? Nah, uh, I took some classes back in the day, and then uh, oh shit. Um, But yeah, so at one point I took some engineering classes. Um, I did a couple sit-ins at like Quad Studio in New York and a few oh, other shit. bigger studios. I was really trying to <laughs> learn how to be an engineer. 
And um, he just said shit so at Quad Studios. Oh, one of the most legendary places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was bugging out. I was like, "Yo, where Tupac get shot at?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So you know, and then the, one of one of my best friends is um, Grammy Award winning, multi Grammy Award winning engineer. Uh, so like, I have an affinity for that shit. Like, Who's your best friend? Uh, one of my best friends. Who's one of your best Here friends? Here Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping you was gonna say Guru. Nah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> that's the only dope spot. Yeah, yeah, that'd be crazy. Irko's yeah. dope though. Irko yeah. got a couple joints with Hov, yeah. uh, Kanye, everybody else. Everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you learn mixing from him? Nah. Yeah. It's like I'll send him a mix and he'll be like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> How do you mix your records? Um, I'm in Ableton right now. Okay. Yeah, but it's been different. Like, well, like uh, what's your thought process? That's a great question, man. Let me see. All right. So I usually reference. Like, I reference like old Dilla, old Madlib, old Oh No, you know, stuff like that, um, where they were actually going to studio with all this gear and getting the sound. I usually reference that because I want, you know, I want my sound to sound similar to, to that. Um, and then I usually mix from the bottom up, man. I'll, I'll get everything straight. I'll set my levels like everybody else. And then from there, I'll start adding the goodies, you know, to get things. Do you use 808s at all? No, nah, not not a lot. I use this shit called low air from Waves though. Okay. And it's like um so basically like if you guys mix it all, right? Yes. You do run pink noise and you'll see what pink noise does in a spec ant or a spectrum analyzer or whatever, right? And you notice pink noise just does a slope. Like it's like a triangle, right, right? So basically a perfect mix is gonna be as close to this triangle as you can get, right? Low air, like every other sound rolls off. At some point, low air will give you the rest of that. After that roll off, it'll give you the rest. It'll fill it in for you. On the, on the low end? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you listen to like a, you know, a record and you're like, damn, this shit doesn't quite hit as hard as I feel like it should, that'll make it do that. Is it like our bass? You familiar with our bass? better. Okay. Yeah. Because then my natural next question is, so when I'm making lo-fi, because I do like 808s, I'll literally filter out some of the low end, right? Are you, do you ever think I can't go that low because it's lo-fi? Oh, no. Okay. Not at all. I'm like. So you might have some lo-fi shit that'll rattle your trunk. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I need that. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Overrated, underrated on the Producer Grind podcast with Stolen Drums. We have veganism. Ah, oh, that's a good question. Oh, man. Um, overrated. Talk about it. All right. To be fair, didn't we just have a guest that was saying veganism wasn't all... Oh, yeah, Dunn. <laughs> Dunn was talking about he was losing his hair and whatnot. Dunn crazy, man. I've seen both sides. Right. All right, so personal experience, I was like about 300 pounds at one point, and I dropped down to like about 200 pounds in the course of a year. Um, I read a bunch of books and did a whole bunch of other <clears throat> self-improvement shit in the same time frame. I think everybody hits this stage in life at some right. point. Um, but I did what they call keto. This is how I lost my weight. Mm. I ate stupid amounts of animals for about six months. And I lost no hell bread, away. right? No bread, no rice, no starchy anything. Just no carbs, like none. And then, um, yeah, I turned into Superman, lost a bunch of weight, got super healthy for a bit. Then I got sick as hell. And I started eating all vegetables. And I maintained that lifestyle for the a bit. The sickness was caused by the diet? No clue. I just oh, got sick. I got sick. Major? I got this thing they call uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Like, I couldn't use my hands. It was stuck mm. like this and shit. Like, so I couldn't drive. Probably, oh, my God. No, you right? couldn't make beats. What's that? You couldn't make beats. This is before I really started making beats again. 
Yeah, I was on hiatus. I would be like devastated. So <laughs> it was kind of crazy, bro. I ain't gonna lie. It was, yeah, it was, no, it was no joke. It was no, no joke. joke. It was no scary, joke. man. Because it's like your hands just don't work. Like, yeah. And then your elbows get like every like, your joints just like like you just walk around like this and shit. Like you got kids. Yeah, man. You got shit you got to do. I got yeah. stuff to do. Right? You got type of email. Yeah, my hands don't work. Right. Right? What I'm gonna do? Like anyway, um, went to the doctor. Like we gonna give you all these drugs, but um, I'm gonna have to check your liver function to make sure it don't fail on you. Every other week, you just can come in and get blood work did. I'm like, oh, no. Damn. I'd rather have sore hands. I'm be like, I'm about to just kill my liver. Because, like, right. how would you even think this is cool? Like, right. what, what, what? Oh, yeah. your hands hurt? Yeah, let me give you something that's going to take out that liver. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how did you, how'd you get here, bro? I'm like, what kind of food can I eat to fix this shit? And he was like, you know, blackberries and, and uh, you know, essential oils and some, some fish every once in a while. And you'll probably be cool, but it won't help like this medicine will. And I'm like, we done talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Big Pharma trying to sell yeah. their products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yep. done. I never went back. Um, and I cut out different stuff. I cut out meat for a stretch. It helped. Um, it didn't cure. I cut out, you know, uh, anything processed for a stretch. It helped. I did all raw stuff for a stretch. It helped. Raw is in like straight vegetables. Yeah, just veggies and fruits. Nothing mm-hmm. else. Nothing cooked. Uh, yeah, nothing cooked. Dang. It, it helped. Um, I fasted. It helped. But I cut out wheat. Uh, and I think. I have this theory where like Roundup is in all wheat and people have an allergic reaction to Roundup and that's where celiac mm-hmm. disease comes from. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people are actually allergic to wheat because it's been around for like Forever. a couple of centuries. Yeah, all the, all the too. wheat now is, is all completely yeah, yeah. different. All the wheat now is completely modified. You know? It is, right, right. And I think people are allergic to that, to the chemicals, not yeah. not to the food itself. Anyway, I cut out wheat, should never happen again. And um, that was pretty much that. I eat bread now. I, I introduced it back and I'm cool. Like I'll try it a little bit at a time and I'm all right, but. Yeah, I'm the type of person I probably won't go all anything like Dylan um, kind of leads the vegan way but I, yeah. like, I pay attention to what he does and I've, I've learned a little bit and so yeah. I'll try this so I try we had a big conversation about rice if you die tomorrow and you lay in the street animals will eat your ass right grubs decomposers they'll eat you bro right so, so who's calling right now yeah. hello so that's kind of what I yeah. came hey, from hey bro you're live on air right now I'm, yeah. sitting, I'm sitting next to stolen drones that's no reason I answer the phone what you on Who's this? Oh, Mike sick them butt down me while we on the motherfucking phone. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Don't be Mike sick, man. We just talking about yeah, yeah, having yeah. the coffee while we was over there. Mm. So. But yeah, that's kind of where I come quick, from. Time out. Look at how well L balanced his phone. Look at that. It's oh, not the- even leaning. That's perfectly standing up. <laughs> Sorry, but that's crazy. You you really appreciate when the bottles land the right way with the water. Of course. That's talent. <laughs> that's skill. He did it without thinking too. He just That's set that shit cr- up there right, and just looked away. All right, let's keep it going. Yeah. yeah. Overrated, underrated. Oh, wait, wait. Before that, I wanted to know. Well, so why you, you said animals will eat you? What was it? Were you saying yeah. that about meat? Were you saying about like how you eat meat or what yeah, made yeah. you so like, think that up? Like a couple things, right? So I figure like animals will eat me if need be, right? They they need to survive. They need food, so they'll eat your ass. So and I, I was um, I was in the Air Force. They put us in the woods. They did this thing called Warrior Week, where they just threw us out there. We we're like experimental, so they didn't really think it out very well. And people were just eating random shit for a couple of days. <laughs> and I'm like, you cannot eat and, and and be weak and very hungry. And if some shit pops off, we're kind of screwed. You cannot eat and survive for a long time. I did right. a water fast for like two weeks. You can do forty yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy, no do problem. Months, bro. Mm-hmm. But. You know, that first couple of weeks is rough on your ass and you'll get weak and shit. And like after 30 days or so, it's also rough on you. And you start eating yourself, not intentionally. But Was it ketosis or are you about to yeah, your body? Uh, yeah, it's like protein. Yeah, it's yeah, keto, keto, something, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But keto acidosis? That, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
don't, don't, don't ask where that came yeah, from. Yeah, I'm on that shit. Because you live on that shit. You need to read that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that, you know, mm-hmm. so because of those two experiences, I'm like, okay, I don't eat a lot of meat. Because I, I, you know, I care. I don't, I don't, I think, you know, big, 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 uh, how you say, commercial farming is kind of jacked up. Mono, yeah. mono crops are jacked yeah. up. But that's veggies. Mono crops are fucking up the, the atmosphere in the world, just like meat is, honestly. Um, but also know there's a balance to everything. And if mm. I'm in the woods by myself and I can't find no tasty veggies and fruits to eat and, you know, Bambi comes by. <laughs> It's over for Bambi. Bambi like, get it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can't believe you didn't ask this question already, right? What? The, so, the bare ahead. hand shit. Oh, no. I, I never said with my bare hands. Like, I'm not just going to run up on a cow and kill him with my bare hands. But, <laughs> but no, what I was saying is like, because I'm, I'm vegetarian too. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much vegan. But no, I mean, I, vegan, I feel like that's just like, anyway, people get caught up in the actually the word being vegan and like the identity yeah, more yeah. so than like to the more so than like the actual health benefits of it. But yeah. all I was saying is like, and I was telling Dundee the last podcast is that I feel like the meat that I'm going to kill, like if I want to eat meat, I feel like I just got to go kill it myself. So it makes sense. Which is like, if I'm going to, if I want to eat some fish, I go fish. If I want to eat some elk, go b- shoot it with yeah. a bow and arrow or some I make a ton of rifle stuff. or something. I always, I give my wife hell all the time. Cause she'd be like, Oh baby, can you make this chicken for me? I can't make it. And I'm like, Oh, you should eat it. Mm. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm saying. Like, like you can't look that shit in the face and stab it. You shouldn't eat it. That's what we were talking about. Dunn. Yeah, we were telling Dunn, but Dunn yeah. said he grabbed that chicken by the neck when he was younger. And I was like, fair enough. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. He said his, his grandmother was from the country. He was yeah. talking. You know, she's picked it up, smoking around. And then she was like, you want some chicken too? And he was like, yeah. She was like, grab that chicken. He said, okay. Fair enough. And I was like, hey, that's you earned respect. It. Yeah, yeah, you earned it. That, at that point, I can't say nothing to you, bro. Right? Like, what <laughs> can you, you say? Yeah, nothing. If you telling me, though, if you tell me some shit like, oh, I don't want to eat this chicken because it's a body. Shouldn't be eating nothing. Like you shouldn't be eating no meat because mm-hmm. it's all things. They all walk around. They think just like your ass think. All right. They say plants have a consciousness. They do. They do for sure. If you notice, mm-hmm. like yeah, tomatoes. I know yeah, definitely tomatoes will um respond. Like there was this like experiment or something where the lady she was like talking to her tomato and like good morning whatever and the tomato actually charted like some response on it. Hell yeah. Yeah. And there it is. We got deep, <laughs> right? But we don't actually have to kill the plants to eat, and we just yeah, pick, we pick the fruit, yeah. the seeds. What is it? Well, when you eat it, when, when you eat it, <laughs> like picking them is one thing. You killing him? <laughs> overrated, underrated on the producer grind podcast with stolen drums. Overrated, underrated, supreme, supreme, no, yeah. the Supreme Court. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Which is weird because I would have thought we'd be asking the lo-fi guy a fashion question. You're, I'm sorry, you're yeah, the lo-fi guy. I mean, it's, like, it's, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> I would say underrated. Wow, but not 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 for fashion. Okay, for the culture. Not no nah, hell no nah, not for the culture. Just for business sense. Mm, I see that. Yep. Right, like like if you want to follow a, a, a blueprint to success as a business person. Pay attention to any of those fashion brands that do crazy numbers because mm. they'll give you the blueprint to, to like really reach out and touch your people and really like whatever it is that they want, give it to them. People really want to pay $50 for a brick with a Supreme logo on it. They want to do that. So Supreme said, cool, I'll make you a brick. There you go. It's for the culture. <laughs> and you, I mean, but you get it because you, you have, you have officially what I would call a cult following. You do. I appreciate it. Which means <laughs> you have a culture, right? And, and probably more so for you, like you know, you know what niggas do, right? Niggas gold chain, tight ass gold chains. I'm gonna wear a scarf on my head, whatever, yeah, yeah. right? 
but you're probably less intentional because you're just being you. But there's motherfuckers out there that fuck with your whole what you wear, what you say. Can I tell you something? You, I had you had me want to get a pair of those glasses because you've been rocking them. You're like you, I'm like God damn, you got the hat, you got the pot. He just sitting there like yo, this nigga like cool. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're a cultural influencer. You know what I'm saying for all intents and purposes. So that's what's up, you know bro. that's what Supreme has done. They've captured the culture. So if you can capture culture, right, right. and and commodifying it. Because I'm thinking that's about nice your word. word too, that's right? That's a nice word, commodifying. Good word. <laughs> you know, whether you intentionally do it, whether you do it because you need to feed your kids, whatever, right. right? But once you commodify that culture and people do want to do it, you've got them. Oh, yeah, yo, your merch was hard. The three um, three things sweatshirt, yeah, I was yeah. like, yes, sir. And then the taco sweatshirt, I was like, yes, sir. Appreciate it, man. You should do some glasses, bro. Good idea. I like this idea. Them, like the, what do they call them? Horn rim? What do they call them shits? Yeah, but you know which ones I'm talking about, right? Bro, you was let me put this. You know what I'm talking about? You, you was wearing the the old school. You know the old school glasses, kind of like oh, yeah, the aviators, but they're like them some Spike Lee drinks. Yeah, no, not them, not them. I think they call them horror. I can pull it up, but hey, this is the funny part though. Yo, go ahead. I'm, I'm no, these, these these you, bro. I seen you in these glasses that I had. I was like, yo, them glasses look dope as fuck. What? Yeah. I bought them shits at a beach for five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how it goes. That's usually how I was it goes. with my wife and she got big glasses and they yeah. used to make fun of her when she was a kid. And I'm yeah. like, you know what, baby girl, I'm gonna get some glasses just like your ass. And I went and got some five dollar glasses out of the store at the beach. This and, nigga looked like he was out of a heist movie out this bitch. Yeah, just somebody was like, beats. My homie was like, hey, bro, that shit look cool. You should wear them more often. I was like, all right. Whatever. Hey, I keep wearing them. That was it. And lastly, on the overrated, underrated segment on the Producer Grind podcast, Thrasher. Thrasher. Overrated. That's what I expected. I shit about that. Yeah, that's overrated. what I expected. It's like um, if you if you if you're speaking from a skate culture standpoint, they're like this was this was me putting that. In. I threw that one in. There. Oh, okay. I yeah, specifically yeah. wanted to hear this. They, one. Yeah, they they. I think they got away from 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 what it is they really do. Um, can't you buy that shit at like Marshalls or some shit? wherever at this point? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I appreciate the you know I appreciate so so for me when I see people win like that, I say oh word that's possible. I think that's that's cool in that respect. Um, but I think. I don't want to say they cheapen the brand by 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 doing, but I, I kind of feel like by like everyone being able to wear it. Yeah, it's yeah. just like you know, at this it no longer speaks to the same message that it spoke to. I think when right. it, when it first came. You out. ever seen that show How to Make It in America on HBO? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, these guys are fashion designers, but they kind of talk about that uh, Zoo York same thing, right? Oh, yeah, where they were like this niche brand, right? Yeah, and then they decided to go big. Mm-hmm. Now you can get it at like Macy's, right? Anywhere, yeah, yeah. and it's never gonna be the same. It won't. Yeah. You know what I mean, like. No. But didn't, Matt, didn't Supreme kind of start in that same niche? Yeah, slick. The only a certain group of people was rocking the Supreme, like the Tyler the Creators, the Earl sweatshirts. All but they, they go back before that, right? way back, way before. Like they they, never, they, they was back in the nineties, right? Supreme so fans wasn't and, um, like a skater brand. Yeah, yeah. Supreme's fans obey, and it's another one. It's was, one that's older than all. I was reading an article on the hype beast and how they were saying like <clears throat> Supreme stopped being the skater brand like five six years ago. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, now it's a lifestyle brand. Yeah. yeah, but I, th- I think they do a good job of like staying in their pocket, right? You know what I'm saying? Like they don't really come out of their pocket. I think the whole crazy price thing is just I don't know what that's about, but it is what it is. Like if if Hustle can sell his album for like twenty grand or whatever crazy number it was, mm-hmm. then Supreme can sell T-shirts for a thousand bucks, whatever. It's just capitalism. It's what it is. Yeah. We got in a big argument the other day. It wasn't an argument, but it was just like one of those things where my homie was like, "I don't agree with this capitalism." He's like the revolutionary of the group, mm-hmm. and we were sitting at press start. Counting the money from the show that we just got for doing it. And he's like, cuz I don't agree with capitalism, bro. 
It doesn't make sense. It's it's, it's dumb. I'm like, so you want me to keep your money? What's up? You have a wife. You have a family, yeah. right? Does your friend have a family? Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> like motherfuckers that don't have other people to feed will say some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But I think his his thing was like he didn't agree with the ideal of capitalism taking advantage of people. And I'm like, that's cool. That's part of the game. But the other part of the game is that me and him and whoever else can come up with an idea right. and feed their family right. from it. Right. Like you can Tell make up whatever. Exactly, man. You can make up shoestrings that are made out of you. No, nah, you can just take regular shoestrings and just sell them in a different way. And make this that's America, bro. Like it's it's kind of beautiful in a way. I, I, I think, think he was just like probably getting at the the small portion that is um isn't in the favor of the system. Yeah, Doesn't yeah. favor was, the capitalism. It specifically came from Supreme. That's mm. what the conversation was talking about. When Supreme I think of capitalism and people's <laughs> gripes and quarrels against it, the first thing I think of is my particular personal skill set. Okay. Right. Okay, if we moved to utopian society and everything was on a trade or barter system, what would I have to do every day? Right. Yeah. And I, here's here's the thing I think. Man, I was a fucking teacher. I gotta work every day. What's the doctor gotta do? Work on Saturdays? You know what I'm saying? But it's shit like that where oftentimes the people that complain, I don't know your friend. But the people who complain most about capitalism don't have any skills. Mm, I disagree. I think that's a bold statement. Yeah, I mean, right. my, I mean, I'm just my personal experience. <clears throat> yeah, I, don't know I disagree with that one. But I've, I've heard a lot of people, play, you know, complain about capitalism, but they don't, you know, they do the type of job that is that anybody could do. Yeah, I think I think his challenge came from price gouging. That was mm-hmm. his specific challenge, and I think you he said took what price price gouging. Oh, okay, okay. And he took that and kind of ran with it. <laughs> in in. To your point, like in the trade or barter system, everybody has to hustle. Yeah. You're going to have to work now. You're not going to come up with some cool ass idea and be a wavy guy and get paid for it. Like you're going to do something. Like you're going to kill pigs, or you're going to bail hay, or you're going to fix roofs. Like you're going to do a work, and it's going to get traded for some other work, and that's how you're going to that's how you're going to eat. So like when you say, "Hey man, let me get a sandwich," he's going to be like, "All right, cool." Mow this grass. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. All right. Um, I wonder what a barter system would look like in 2018. That. Exactly yeah, but that. like, but how would a music, we have how would a music produce? Like, well, music that's a lot because 2018, we got so much shit that when you really look at it, ain't worth shit. I'm thinking about the oh, art. Yeah, it's I'm, going. Not yeah. saying, not saying that. Day. Well, no, not that, not that it's not, you know, where they say market value is what everybody's want to pay for. Yeah, but yeah. when you really look at it from a substantive point of view, you know it's not really <clears> worth much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, straight up. Yeah. Like, those are like when you're talking skills. about the, what is it, Maslow's laws of uh, needs, like not everything is really hitting on the food, shelter, water, well, fire. They say some, what yeah. do they, they call those elastic? I learned this. In oh, life. non-elastic and elastic goods. Uh, yes. Things that you need and things that you don't need. Like I think, I think though, like, you think was the alternative to capitalism would be some strictly run by the government, right? You know what I mean? Like bureaucratic. That is one. And it's like people, yeah. you know, you can be against capitalism and then it's like, oh, but the government runs so, everything. So it's like, so what, what again, exactly, how do you feel? When I was in college, I lived with a kid that um, lived through communism through age 11. And he would say like, they would go stand in line hoping they would get bread and cans of food and they'd get to the fucking shit and they'd be like, here, do you want this couch? <laughs> That's how this shit would go. Like, and he's talking about this is like the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how that shit would go. Why would it go like, like, what? I I don't know. Because they ran out of bread and cans of food. Oh, so they're just like, you want a couch? Yeah. Yeah. Like, now you got to figure it out. Now your ass is running around trying to kill stuff to eat. (laughs) 
Or you trying to trade a fucking couch with somebody that got too many cans of fucking like, look, bro, I got this love seat. I see you got them two loaves of bread. What you want to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So my next question That's real crazy. quick, man. We had already asked you. Um, we talked about the beat maker, producer thing. We kind of yeah, yeah. talked about your uh, the quality of your content, man. The one thing I want to ask about that is kind of your camera selection. Okay. When I first, like literally, the first time I met this dude, right? Yo, what's good? I'm Letter L Beats, man. I'm a huge fan. Yo, what are you doing right here? I got this camera right here for this, and we set this here, and this the A7. Talk about your camera shit. Talk about your tech shit a little bit. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess like for the live setup stuff. Yeah. I got um. It's a it's a Sony. Like I'm running like a 6300, um, with like a turbo booster on it and some old ass Nikon glass, and then I got um, OBS is what I what I go live with, and then I use Restream so I can live stream to all of the different platforms at the same time. And um, what else is I got a, the Black Magic capture card. I rock that. Six hundred dollars, you know, the expensive version. No, nah, the little one, the little mini one. Mm. It's like eighty bucks. Oh, shit. or might be maybe a hundred bucks, something like that. You yeah. gotta put me on. Yeah, I got you. I'll show you. It's super straightforward, man. Mm. And then I use my sound card. So I got, I'm like sound card inception at this point. So I have one sound card running into another sound card. So I do all my processing here, and then this one is just for the stream specifically. Mm. That's it, man. Yeah. Where'd you learn all these skills from? I wanted to be a rapper. It's a great story. All right, so at like from like eleven or some shit, like a little kid, you know, elementary school, I wanted to rap. We was in the Odyssey to Mine. I used to do rap songs all the time for my little presentations and shit. Anyway, um, my uncle had a record store in Detroit, which is even cooler story. I went to L.A. linked up with House Shoes. I'm talking house shoes. shoes. Yeah, I'm like shoes. You like you from Detroit? From Detroit? Hey, you ever remember the spot called Ace's Jam on Seven Mile? He's like, yo, we used to go over there all the time. I'm like, we who? He's like, us. Everybody in Detroit. I'm like, so like Dilla and Slum and all of that shit? He's like, yeah. I'm like, yo, you knew somebody named Al? He's like, yeah. I'm like, that's my uncle. Word. That's crazy. Anyway, I wasn't there for none yeah. of that shit, but it's kind of cool to, you know. Shouts out to DJ House Shoes, man. Yeah, Shoes is crazy. Yeah, crazy. That's like another reason, another cool ass person that helped out a lot. Um, where was I going with that? Damn. Cameras, the gear. Yeah, you we, wanted to be a rapper. Yes, you wanted. wanted to be a rapper. All right, so I wanted to be a rapper. I didn't have a lot of money. So I had to figure out how to make beats because I couldn't buy beats. So I started making beats. I didn't want to steal them. Like, so I, was, I started making beats. That's how I learned how to produce. <clears throat> I wanted a website. Couldn't pay for that shit. I had to figure out how to code, get my little MySpace page looking tight. So I learned how to code. I wanted videos. Didn't want to pay for them. So I had to learn how to shoot the motherfuckers. So everything was just, <laughs> everything I've learned how Almost to do. Almost need. Yeah, it's just all been that. It's just all been like. So, can we get a stolen drums for the music videos too? Yeah. Oh hell. You can look yeah. me up. I got, I'm, I'm, I got a couple music videos out there. Yeah. Oh yeah, shit. Sure. I saw you was nice with the photography too. All those pictures on your Instagram, you took like oh, the yeah. flowers and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, Where yeah. was you at when you took those? Because different places. It was definitely not in Georgia. The yeah. Cookie Crisp. What's that? The Cookie Crisp. The Cookie Crisp. That's how I knew I liked you because I was like, this man got Cookie Crisp. I was like, not too many people. <laughs> I, was telling you, I was like, not too many people. That's like, yeah, that's a. If someone's eating cookie crisps, they're yeah, all right. Yeah. They're all right. You can oh, trust geez, them. That. You can trust them. <laughs> cookie crisps. Yeah, Here's my question. This, the iconic shot. Zoom in on that. So that's like his classic shot. You can see his we records can, behind We can't him. hear you right now. Okay. That's like his classic <laughs> shot. You can zoom in. You can see the records behind him or whatever, right? What camera is this shot? It's the A6300. What's the lighting looking like? What's the lighting setup? Yeah, this is, that's interesting That's the key. Too. So I got, I'm in a shed now. And I got two little Ikea lights on stands right behind me on, on each on each wall, mm -hmm. right? And they're bare bulb, but they're really like low, like 20 watts a piece. So I just use them for a little bit of a rim. And I have a light in front of me about where this poster is, but um, it's like 
150 watt LED. It's hella bright. So I'll put a China ball, but like a big four foot China ball around it. So it's soft. And I've got another one right on top of me that's like 20 watt, maybe even 10, but it has that same giant ass China ball. So it's like a soft hair light. So I got a soft hair light, two rim lights, and then this big uh, key light in front of me. Mm. Yeah. That's the setup. In the shed, bro. It gets cold up. No, I got an AC in there. I got a heater in there and all that. Yeah. I'm going to finish it this year. That's okay, the game plan. Yeah. What, the wife put you out there? Yeah. They you did. said you can't, you can't be in the house. So, yeah. I was like, I was in the crib. I had my little office room. It was player, like hardware. I just bought my, I bought my first house this year. I literally bought it because I'm like, oh, that's where I'm putting my studio. Got the glass doors. I can see trees and shit out of the window. She hardwood like, floors, track lights and all of that. I'm like, oh, it's player. I set it up. People came by. They was like, bro. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> fast forward a couple months. My youngest is 10. My oldest is 17. He's 17. And he's, you know, he's a dude. He has a phone. He has a computer. He's doing 17-year-old stuff on his phone and his computer. And my little dude is just like, hey, man, my brother keeps locking me out of the room. <laughs> I'm like, let him do what he has to do. <laughs> Don't open the door. Just let him, you know, it's okay. You're going to do the same shit when you're 17. Anyway, my wife was like, yo, he keeps. I'm like, don't open the door. <laughs> you, can't un you can't close. Like, you're never going to unsee that. What's your wife like? I'm coming! <laughs> <laughs> never going to unsee it. Don't open that door. I promise you, that's not what you want to do. <laughs> my baby! <laughs> yeah. So anyway, she was like, I think he needs his own room. Yeah. We only got two rooms. Well, we got three rooms. I crash in one of them. So we only got two rooms that they can use. One of them is my studio. And the other one, they're already in. So she was like, yo, I need that studio room so we can put, you know, the oldest in there. But that's my room, though, because like, <laughs> like, we got this two-level giant storage shed out back. That's that's probably going to be But you got the shed place. looking right, bro. Yeah, so I, I I was, you know, I was a little T at first. And then now that I got in there and I got the AC and I kind of got my little wall somewhere, it's cool. Not bad. When it yeah, comes yeah. to video, give me top three most important things. Get your video Composition, popping. lighting, and sound. Samo, was he right? What I do you mean by composition? Composition, lighting, and sound. So, like your frame, obviously, right? Got to figure that out. Um, lighting. You can shoot with a phone. If your lighting and your sound is crazy and your composition is good, I can shoot cinematic shit on the phone. What is no composition? Yeah, like, I mean, what yeah. a breakdown composition is that? Like that how, is that the, how the story goes out, or what, what you're um, actually seeing in the picture? Yeah, that frame. So, like, okay. as a photographer, I came from photography at first. Right. You would take a picture, you take a still, and that's it. That's the thing that you. That's the thing. One frame, mm -hmm. not a bunch of different frames, not a bunch of movement. One frame. In that frame, you want to tell a story. I want your eye to take a path and follow that path and get to this message that I'm trying to give you, right? So to do that, I create a composition. If I have a road and I'm taking a picture of this road, but I wanted to make it, I want you to be inspired to go do something. I might take that picture from a low angle to where both of the ends of the road touch both of the ends of my frame. So it's making your eye focus this way, going into the shot. And if the sun's out there, then the sun's shining. So now you're going toward the light. So you know what I'm saying? Got gotcha. yeah, you. know how Simo be like, okay, so boom. That's what you Simo Simo go, okay, so boom. And then everything he'll say after that sounds just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
So Samo's composing this shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? His mind's eye. We don't get it until we see this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, Straight up. Samo put me on game with the lighting too, talking about why is your ISO so crazy? Bro? Why are you up at 3200 with your ISO? I was like, well, I ain't gonna tell bro. you again, L. That's like, you're not listening. You're yeah. not listening. Turn your aperture down, turn your shutter speed. Here you go. Yeah. Okay. 180 rule. 180 degree shutter rule, like it's a lot of rules, man, and they, well, they exist for a reason. And once you learn too, like I was, t- like I just sold my fucking camera, man. What's that green? What's that green writing? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah. Once you like, Samuel, the reason I, I started using my iPhone more, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh shit. I yeah. can do some things with this. Bro, I, you gotta learn a few things. Yeah, same yeah. other reason why I've been looking up ISO and all that stuff. Now my pictures, they don't look too black. Yeah. They don't look too exposed, not blown out. Hey, real quick, Samuel, what's the website? Samoean. What? Samoean.com. If it's mint green, it's the right one. Get your video and your photos wet, but then he'll teach you a whole lot of shit too. If you 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 in the southeast, man, Samoean.com. And cook it up, K. You can't sleep on it. Yeah, cook it up, K. Cook it up, K. Peep the mint green for Samo. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor K. Yeah. And actually, originally too, when we wanted to link up with you, I was trying to get the crew to come out to the shit. That would have been wavy. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I really want to. Uh, we, 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 Duluth, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you you events in Duluth tonight? No, nah, my events in Atlanta tonight. Oh, okay. But um, I do my, my joint at the crib, like in the shed. That's right, in Duluth. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you right up near me? I'm right in Johns Creek. I'm, right I'm out there every day. I'll do nothing else but make records and kick it in the shed. Oh, yeah. I'll be up there in the shed kicking it. That's what I do. I'll do. It's right. my life, bro. So what's your like? Uh, what's your big picture goal like 10 years from now, 10, 15 years? That's a good question. Um, I'm trying to create enough passive revenue. I can buy some commercial real estate and have like my grandkids, grandkids good. Um, that's probably my end game, end game. Um, that's not very interesting, but that's what I want to do. Um, in the short term, next year, uh, I want to start doing like a funding round for this documentary I want to shoot. So like this whole beat culture thing, I want to talk about it first person. Episodic, kind of like uh, Anthony Bourdain mm. or, or like peace. Action Bronson or something. Yeah, yeah rest in peace for sure. You looking for funding for production? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and we're not even like, like definitely funding from production. I got a couple companies that are interested already. It's it's more like um trying platform. to put together the right team, trying to figure out what platform, how does the deal is gonna look and how we're gonna get it to where it needs to be, all that stuff. But yeah, that's that's kind of big picture for the next that's the next big thing for me. Um, yeah. have you ever had any, you know, a lot of times when some people think lo fi, they think adult swim. Right. Maybe not adult swim per se, but have you had any licensing deals or sync placements? Before I started making beats. It's the craziest thing. I did the video game stuff. So that was Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, you said maybe through Chill Hop. Chill Hop has crazy sync okay. deals, crazy licensing deal. I haven't had a part of any of those yet though. Okay. Do you get signed by Chill Hop? Are they looking to sign they sign people and everything? Mm-hmm. They sign people, yeah. They do deals, they do releases and all of that. Yeah. So on their live, you know how they have the twenty four seven live stream. How mm-hmm. do you know like if I'm listening to a song, there's tons of songs that catch my ear, but I don't know how I don't know who's the artist. I don't know. They're listed. Yeah, it says in the top left. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, okay. you can find them real quick. One yeah. thing I had, one thing I had a question about the Chill Hop playlist is, do you get paid for? That's that? exactly being on their live, on their live playlist. No, I was gonna say I could do. But if like say say like Boz is doing a compilation, a compilation or whatever. Yeah, well, like who, yeah. wait, who but is this you, Boz you talking about? Is Boz from Dreamville or like nah, you work with J Cole? Owns Chill Hop. Okay, but okay. if you it's just a random dude in Amsterdam, okay. he's cool though. Okay, but, but yeah. if you got your ISRC tied to your video, then you still you get can, paid. You can kind of get paid that way, yeah. Meaning, yeah. like, if they're playing your video that has your ISRC content, so you, yeah. You should yeah. get paid, yeah. but... They, they probably don't got to figure it out yet. With they the probably won't play your ISC 
related records because it it'll demonetize their stream. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm. As, that's an area I'm not super hip to. Like mm. I wouldn't know. have thought of that. That was yeah. well, because here's the thing. But I know he's it's, definitely it's, not it's, playing anything to get his stuff. It's funny when you say it like that because everybody's trying to figure it the fuck out and they only know what they know. So yeah, you know, because people ask me questions. And then I know the answer. I'm like, why do I know the answer? And then people ask me shit all the time. I have no idea. You Straight know up. What I'm yeah, yeah. Do you have a manager or anything? Or are you? I just got a manager. For real? Like two weeks ago. What made you decide it was time? After Math hit me and they wanted stems. Like I, they was like, hey, man, you make really cool beats. And I'm like, where? Who is this? He's like, oh, I run AR. I'm like, oh, this dope. For who? He's like, Aftermath. I'm like, damn. So he's like, Dre's little homie? He's like, yeah. Like, I'm like, that's huge. Thanks, bro. You just made my life. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, send me a pack. I sent him a pack. He's like, these are dope. I'm like, cool. He's like, I tracked records to two of them already yesterday. Like, I sent him the pack. Then the next day, he tracked records. So he sent me the stems. I was like, hmm. hold on one second. <laughs> hold on. You, so. What was, what was the, the, about sending the stems? You didn't have the stems on the file or you just oh, had I, MP3? I had, I had all of that. I was just like, oh, you're saying send the stems. You was like, okay, yeah, hold up. Wait yeah, a minute. Yeah, if yeah, I okay. send you the stems to this record. Yeah, okay. Like, okay. it's your record now. Yeah. You yeah. do whatever. You got all the sauce. You yeah, do whatever yeah. you feel like with this. How'd I'm you like, handle that? What'd you say? I was like, <laughs> you got a manager. I got a manager. <laughs> like, yeah, just give me one second. Found yeah. a so, here, so here's my question. Like, if you'd have been like, yo, this guy, well, here, okay, here's the first question. What percentage of your work is samples? Like, actual somebody else's work? Ninety nine point nine nine percent or some shit. I, I got so uh, the way I the way I work with labels or the way I the way I shop to labels now anyway is I bought a bunch of uh, sample library stuff. You know how they got like Kingsway yeah. and all of that. I got I got I just I sold started selling drum kits and they did well. And I went on drum brokers and I was just like, give me everything. So I'm like, cool. If you want a record. You want to release it and you can't handle royalty or you can't handle samples, I got you. No problem. I just mm-hmm. chop up one of these. I'll flip it crazy. I'll pitch it, reverse it, do all this other stuff, transpose, and I'll send that to you. And you're good. Yeah. That's dope as fuck. I remember when we, you know, I had I had known you uh met you a few months ago, but our most recent um conversation was around I was pre-selling my uh lo-fi nineties. Yeah, yeah. And you had just my pops like, yo, you doing pre-sales? Yeah. He's like, man, you try it. T- can you talk to people about Gumroad? Gumroad is lit. Um, so if you sell digital products, there's a couple different ways to go about it, right? Uh, when you have everything fleshed out, you want to run your real campaign, I, I usually suggest people set up a Shopify page, right? Because it's a website and it's a place to sell things. And they keep metrics. And Shopify is just really supportive of sellers that do well. Like just the other day, they were like, "Hey, you want a couple bands? We'll right. send it to you right now." Which take like working capital. Yeah, and they're they're big on that. Like I didn't ask them to do that. I just open my email to like, "Hey, you want a couple grand? I get it to you for Black Friday. Um, just use it to brand, use it for whatever. Buy shoes, whatever doesn't matter. But you know, we'll take ten percent of your daily revenue until you pay back the couple bands plus like two hundred bucks. Oh, and I'm shit. like, that's lit. That's, that's really that's just like a micro loan, no credit, nothing. Just out here. You know what I mean? It's crazy that you said like that because that was my thought yeah, process yeah. behind doing the pre the pre right. orders. Okay, I need well, I go say I need some money, but I always need income, right? Right, right. And so I'm thinking, how can I leverage my relationship with my current customers who buy into what I do already? Okay, right. And basically, by them buying into what I do, they're saying, "Here's your money up front because we trust you and we fuck with you." Right, right. right? 
and then I can get to do the product afterwards. Well, I had always been doing the product and then selling it. Mm. I wanted to find out, one, you know, could I do the streaming income, too? Do I have people that would outright fuck with me yeah. without getting the product first? Right, right. That's really how you find out who your super fans are. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I just remember that was, um, it was good advice. It started a good thought process for me, but it also let me know, like, oh, shit, that's why this guy does have 5,000, 7,000, 8,000 people on his videos, because he has a savvy business sense. You know what I mean? And then you're not too selfish to hop in somebody's inbox and say, hey, man, I see what you're doing. Why don't you try this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So that was dope. Thanks. That's important, I man. That. I feel like that's like low-key. only reason I got whatever traction I got is because cool-ass people was like, hey, bro, that's cool. Do this next time. And I was like, all right, I'll try that. And then I tried and it worked. Like my homie told me about like Spotify. Mm-hmm. If he Or Shopify. Spotify. Spotify. Had he not told me about Spotify, I wouldn't have uploaded all that damn music. And had he not told me I had 300,000 listeners that month, so I wouldn't have clicked on a little back button. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Damn. Who do you think you, ta- who do you think, um, what customer can, re- how would you describe the customer that can relate to you the most? Like, what type of person relates to you? Or who do you reach out to? I mean, so I, I, I usually produce content and just put it up. And I'm, I'm, I'm really honestly 100% just trying to create the dopest thing I can create. Like, I'm just trying to, give the highest level of quality. And then I want to give people information that I wish I had, you know what I'm saying? So if I'm dropping a drum kit or a class series or any kind of video content outside of, um, you know, just music, it's always like, how can I help people the most? Like what information did I need when I was doing whatever? And I would just put that out there. Just the most valuable thing I could possibly give. And then people will tell you what's up from that point. Yeah. They'll, they'll be like, hey, I want that. I'll give you money for it. And then you can just ask them like, how much would you pay for this? Or what's the market value for a drum kit? For example, when on drum broker, everything costs twenty nine bucks. Like, all right, mine's twenty, whatever, you know, simple like that. Cool. Yeah. So, what projects you got coming up? Slaps. Slaps is in route. Um, first part, I do everything in three part series. Mm-hmm. So, veggie tacos one two three. Um, slaps one two three is next, and uh, yeah, that's that's what's on my my agenda. I've been I've been um in Ableton for like a couple months from hardware, so I was a hardware guy for a long time. And then I kind of started playing around with machine. I had it for a while, but mm-hmm. I, I took a series for a stretch and did like maybe half of my last project in machine. And then somebody, everybody was like me Ableton. And then um, what's your favorite part of Ableton? Man, I, the workflow is crazy fast. I like the flexibility. I can map things and just tell tell a program what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it. You know what? I want to push Q, and I want Q to make all these things quiet. Like, you can just say, I want that to happen and just map it and then it'll do it. And that's crazy. Um, but yeah, I went to LA. Do you like the slicer? I don't use it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't use it. I got um, Serato Sample. I usually okay. use for most of my sample stuff. Shout out to Serato Sample. Um, but yeah, I went to LA, linked up with DB, was making records, and he was showing me how he worked in Ableton. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. Then I went to Tampa, linked up with Aman Omari, and he was showing me how he worked in Ableton. I'm like, damn, that's even more crazy. I think I might be able to pull that off. And then I came back and we did a show and Twami was there. And I'm like, bro, like he got this hard drive stuck on his computer and all that shit. I'm like, that's Ableton you got up? He's like, yeah. I'm like, how do you make records in Ableton? And he showed me a couple of things and I just went home, got a copy of that shit. I actually just went on Facebook, was like, hey, anybody got a copy for me? And then uh, somebody was like, I got two, you can have one. My guy. And um, sent it So I, you pick up Ableton yeah. and now I can use Ableton and I don't use... Or is it, I use Ableton and oh, everything that's else? That's it. That's it. Yeah, oh, wow. I use Ableton and Serato. I use Serato to DJ, Ableton to make records. So before we move forward, because I'm going to ask you where we can find you on social media, but are you going to do a little something for us today? 
Yeah, we go. What song we got? Damn. Uh, we got two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 Oh yeah, go yeah, to the show. Man, this see that's what happened. We were supposed to have time for me to play a little something, and then you got real big. You, you know, you gave us a lot of jewels, so sorry, we had time, man, but we good. definitely gonna catch back up with you, man. Yeah, yeah, I pull back up, no yeah, problem. Yeah, man, for we sure. definitely want to see your work, man, because it's dope. Man. Okay. Where can we find you on social media? Where can we look for you? Twenty eighteen. Yeah, stolen drums on everything. Just type in stolen drums, no vowels. And um, that's me. That's A E I O U. Yeah, none, none of those. those. <laughs> I, have, I do have a question for you. You got any drum kits you're giving away right now or anything? Slappy drums, B. So, so what I'm gonna ask you to do is make sure you text us the link, man. We can throw that in the description. Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah. So. Appreciate you, fam. Appreciate you. Hey, man. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate y'all, man. Straight up. For sure. Another oh, yeah. dope episode, man. Signing off. Make sure y'all subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>